this, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I am joined by Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today? Gabby, I'm doing great. And for once, this is the second time in one day that I get to speak to you before noon. So uh, (laughs) we've had a fun morning and um, appreciate you taking time to to do this recording. Um, I'm excited about today. Um, I've got a a fellow here who I've been friends with for a while now. And um, I always reference our relationship age with my body ailment because I was I was incapacitated physically when I met him for the first time. So I'm um, looking forward to, to diving in and talking about some really cool stuff uh, with our guest. And uh, why don't you tell us who it is and, and uh, I'll do a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's guest is Bill Northrup. He is the CEO of North Park Innovations. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, Bill, thank you for uh, taking time. I know you got a busy day. Um, so I appreciate you taking time to talk to us a little bit. And why don't you, uh, before we get too deep, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, who Bill is and what Bill does and why Bill does what Bill does. Okay. That's all third person. That's <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was introduced uh, into the HVAC world uh, in about 2010. Um, we, we owned a company. We, we actually owned the company. My wife started the company, uh, Stride Tool, at the time. And uh, at that time, she bought Imperial Tools uh, in 1996. And um, so... Uh, we each had our own businesses. Lori and I started, have started 22 businesses since we've been together since 1980. So we have that in our blood, that good and bad, but that's the way it works. And um, <clears throat> so in 2010, I came on board with the company. And uh, my real, as I looked at things in the HVAC industry, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy who likes uh, technology. And so at that time, we decided to go after the uh, digital tool market with the Imperial line, and we created the iManifold. And uh, that was in, we started spending money on that around 2010. And then we actually launched it in 2014. We had a, we had a big, big crew on that job, and we spent a lot of money and and uh, it, it's a very successful product. Fast forward 2016, we spun off the uh, Stride Tool company, the name. We spun off a hand to a world. And also during that time, we bought a, a small company that made HVAC and electrical trainers, training equipment. And um, so we had the training equipment, we had the I-manifold, and we spun all the rest of the company off. It was a fairly good-sized company at that time. And then we moved everything to our little town in our building here in Ellicottville, New York. And um, now we, uh, we build uh, training equipment for the um, 
technical trades, uh, both electrical, HVAC. Uh, we bought last year, we bought a company that does cybersecurity, IT, and green energy, to name a few of the products. So uh, we're in a, for the first time really in our lives, we are at the perfect inflection point between the trades and the demand for skilled workers. And um, it's very exciting. So how's that one? That That's a heck of a story. And having listened to that <laughs> monologue, I think that there's no wonder that we're friends because there's HVAC, there's technology, there's entrepreneur psycho psychoticism, if that's even a word. Um, I haven't done 22 business, but uh, I've been involved in a few. And then, you know, Bill, one one thing that, that we all share uh, is the, the trade. You know, how, how do we help uh, the industries, uh, plural, flourish? And how do we help people that will be in those industries, you know, personally advance their careers and, and their lives? So, uh, it's just a great freaking intersection. You know, I guess if I was Kamala Harris, I would do a Venn diagram right now and show me and you and Lori in the middle. But I will, I will not, I will not do that. But um, it's just fun, you know, getting to work with, with folks and getting to share ideas uh, with people that have so many similar interests. Um, you know, to advance what we're, what we're all about. And uh, I appreciate what you, what you and, and what you both do. Um, it, it's, it's rare that I say Bill without saying Bill and Lori. So that, um, that's right. You know, you guys, <laughs> and, and that, that to me is a heck of a compliment because y'all are, uh, y'all are a dynamic duo, but just really fun stuff that y'all do. Uh, and I appreciate it. You know, I think about, freaking imperial tools and how many uh, of those tools I've held in my hand, utilized, bought, you know, bought for other people. It's just, it's just a great, great uh, story. But yeah. So thank you for that. Well, great. Um, Gabby, when, when Bill said Elliot Bill, you nodded your head. Do you know where that is? I actually, that was me nodding my head because I initially heard him differently and I thought he had said Ellenville, New York. Uh, oh, and okay. that's where my parents were when I was. Oh, born. really? Okay. So, yeah. That, that's Eastern New York. We're in Ellicottville and that's just 50 miles South of Buffalo in the Hills. So it's. Uh, okay. My. It's a really cool city. I've been there twice <laughs> and I say city. It's a town. Yeah. It's a town. Um, <laughs> It's, it's the town, and, and, and you go there intentionally. You don't happen through there. Um, and But it's really, it's, it's just a, a very cool place. So, um, all right. So, I want to, I think I want to dive in, Bill, and talk about the training and trainers, both physically, pieces of equipment, and people uh, that you guys work in and around and with. And what that means, what is a, what is a electrical or what is an HVAC trainer? Um, 
to those who don't know uh, and for those who have never been to L.A. Uh, we have a little shop and uh, we, we build equipment. Typically, we would take a piece of real world HVAC equipment, let's say, example would be a mini split. And we take that mini split and we, and we take the internals out of it. We set them to the side of the condensing unit. And then we put a high wall unit up. We'll put a cassette unit. So basically we take apart the equipment, expose everything. And we have a particular sight glass that we manufacture. So you can see the phase changes of the refrigerant uh, as it goes through the evaporator, the condenser. Along with that, we have uh, digital tools that we have on the device. We're just launching a digital tool set, which is a tablet with an application. And then we have a, uh, a Bluetooth probes. We also have a, a Bluetooth multimeter. So then you can characterize uh, the system as it's running in real time. And the student is able to understand subcooling, superheat, and all the details um, that are important for an HVAC uh, technician. The other <clears throat> piece we do, we have this electrical, this line of trainers. We have a particular, we call it the 9240. It's a, it's a card trainer. We call it card trainer. It comes with 36 cards. And each one of those cards has an electrical device, which is typical on virtually all and many air conditioning systems. And Greg, you know that we all know that to be a good HVAC technician, you must be a good electrician. And, and that particular model that we make is a very uh, robust system and we have a very robust curriculum that goes with it. Um, a lot of it came out of the uh, United Associates, which is one of our great partners. We're, the thing about those guys is they're on fire about knowledge and training. So we've been uh, privileged to work with them. And um, we've worked uh, oh, for many years with them now. And um, so a lot, of, a lot of that particular trainer came from, from uh, there. Uh, there was a guy who was part of that who actually developed that trainer in a separate business. And we bought that business. Really, what what y'all are doing, Bill, is you're you're manufacturing training devices so that when students are in technical school or union apprenticeship, they have the ability to do hands-on training in a safe environment. Yep, yep, and and it's and it demonstrates to them uh, real-world operation, and uh, you know, really, it's all about understanding how systems work and it it does a it yeah. does a good job of doing that along with the curriculum right uh, you you've got to have both pieces of it so um yeah. we're we're fortunate we have we have a lot of that covered well to quote a jerry Maguire movie you had me at vapor compression <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah that's it's fun i i love the fact well, I love the fact that, you know, having having looked at your pieces of equipment many times now and, and played with them, 
um, they're, they're solid. They're, they're the real deal. And it allows students to learn, you know, complicated systems. And, and I think about, for, for those of you who can't vision what this look, looks like, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a physical thing. Most of them are about the, I don't know, the size of a refrigerator. Think that in your head. And it's an exploded view of the whole air conditioning system uh, with, with plexiglass and, and with uh, different ways to allow you to see the uh, equipment working and cooling. Now, Bill, one, one you know, common theme that, that you and I and, and Lori and everybody else in my world talk about is getting people excited about being in the, in the trade, you know, from a, how do you, how do you talk to a 17 year old young lady uh, who doesn't know what she wants to do with her life about becoming an electrician or becoming an air conditioning tech? And I think, you know, and I think you and I talked about this the last time uh, I was up and uh, we were at the, I think we were at the great Mexican restaurant with the dogs and we were talking about, how to um, how to get the younger crowd excited about uh, the industry, and you know part of that's through technology and using like we were talking. Uh, in fact, you and I were playing around with the Bluetooth probes, um, and you know trying to to connect a younger generation who is digitally native as a human into our world of air conditioning, which has been around and will be around for a long time because it's physics, you know, we can dress it up and we can make it dance to a different song, but vapor compression uh, is vapor compression. You can't change physics. So I, I love the, the, I guess the combination of, of the new and the old, meaning new being everything digitized, how, how did you guys think through development of new pieces of equipment and where do you generate your new ideas for training that do facilitate the, the hardcore science? Because, you know, uh, refrigerant uh, 454B boils off at this temperature and condenses back at this temperature. So you have that. But how do you take that mindset and parlay that over into a tool or a, a theory that gets young people excited about learning it. Um, we're very fortunate to have a very nice uh, relationship with ESCO. Okay. And uh, ESCO is the organization that had come together over the last, I don't know, Greg, how many years do you think they've been at it? 10 years or 15 or more? Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, Maybe fifty, and 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 they put together a group of of uh, they do a annual convention of HVAC instructors, and we get a lot of ideas from the HVAC instructors. They say, "What about this? What about that? I want to teach that." So we get some great input from those folks. And um, uh, another example is. Uh, we, we bought the uh, uh, <clears throat> building management um, BAS training line from a guy by name of John Vietti. John Vietti is a just sharp as a tech, uh, um, 
building management guru, I'd say. Uh, and he has put together, he put together a line of trainers and, and we bought that from him and he works with us continually. And uh, so I would say between guys that already have product out there that we can take and really make it mainstream, make it industrialize it, I would say. And then uh, the, the instructors and teachers, the market contractors that come to us and say, hey, you know, how about something that would do this? And then we start thinking about it. We've got some really sharp people in the shop uh, that put these things together for us. And I'd say that's how we come up with it. You know who one of the coolest people is in your shop is the lady who I met that does like most of the finish work. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on her Maybe name, but she was there late. Working. Oh, it'd be Mindy. Yeah. I, Mindy, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's great. She's, she's been with us. And I, it's so funny. She is on fire about quality. I want to, you know, I'll send something out. Hey, get that out of here. No way is it going out unless it's right. <laughs> she is, she is great. I, I think that that, so my brain's swirling because I got a lot of stuff I want to ask you, but I just, I love the fact that she gets the the detail because I love details probably to a, a fault if you ask some people, but I don't ask them. Um, but I just, I love the fact that, that she is like, I don't know, like she's the QA and QC cop, you know, I just love yeah, betcha. So Great. we, we, We've talked about this before, uh, the three of us, I think we talked about it at dinner that night, was how do we blend uh, augmented reality into physical hands-on training? How does that equate to uh, a guy or a young lady learning something in the class, either using real or automated tools on real or, and or automated equipment? Um, and how does that blend into, you know, everything we all are hearing right now. So today I'll date this is 8-8-2023. <laughs> everything that you go in right now and look at on the internet around technology is going to have the uh, fancy word, if I can quote a, a famous person, of AI. And AI, it's not, you know, obviously it's not something new. It's been around. It's just, it's now democratized so we can all, at, you know, uh, have access to it. Um, so I'm thinking like all the time, like how do we keep the fundamentals of vapor compression? And I've used that term three times. That is refrigerant gas being pumped through a system that makes cold air in your house or your office. And how do you keep that fundamental science moving forward with, around, and the help of digital, VR, AR, training units like you have, which are so vital, the hands-on piece? I just love trying to figure out how to blend all that into a hybrid learning environment. What, what do y'all think about, Bill, when you're sitting around the coffee table there? Um, 
having a, a cup of Earl Grey tea as Lori would. How, how do y'all have that conversation about blending what's coming, what's here, and the fundamental cores of learning, you know, like science, which is what air conditioning is? Yeah, it really is. It, you know, I believe where it's going, uh, there's there's machine learning and there's AI, right? AI, we hear everybody saying about when is it going to reach uh, the ability to be, what do they call it, a sentient, have a, have a consciousness of its own. And, you know, this week, I don't think we're quite there. And I don't know as I'll be alive when it'll be all the way there. But machine learning is here now. And I think what we're doing is with our acquisition of data in real time off the equipment, and then you take that data and you integrate it in animation, real life animation, this is where we are going as a company. So every one of our trainers ultimately will have a digital twin for lack of a better term. And so you will see it as it operates. You will see it real time. You will see it on the screen and you'll also feel it when you touch it. It'll be hot or cold. And that's very, in my book, that's very important to have both dimensions, right? Because you, we, we must have a foot in the physical world if we're going to work on physical things. So uh, that, that, that connectivity, in my view, is where we're going. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of that over the next months so that you will look at that trainer, then you will look at our tablet, and it'll be a perfect representation of that trainer. And you'll see the data on the tablet of what's coming off that trainer. And, and again, that just keeps the excitement going, at least for me it does, because I like technology and I like physics and I like mechanics. <laughs> so that, well, I think that's, uh, you, you know, I was thinking about this while ago before we got on the call. Um, when we were up there last and we were messing around with that newest piece of equipment, and I was playing with the fan speed. Right. You know, you said that we haven't even gotten to AI at a level where it has senses or, or um, a personality of its own or whatever the word is. They you say sentient, I word. think. Isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. Well, Gabby, she's shaking her head. There you go, she's, Gabby. She's confirming <laughs> that. Yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> hell, all people haven't even gotten there yet. So, much less <laughs> the machine. Um, so. I think that what's really unique is the ability for us to use our senses um, as humans and, and kind of blend that in with what technology, you know, I mean, that's what critical thinking is, is taking many, many inputs and, and kind of synthesizing that and coming up with a plausible outcome. Oh boy. And, you know, I, I think physical touch is a, a piece of that. Um, yeah, listening, touching, smelling, all of that is incredibly important for a person who is, you know, walking up to a system and they don't know anything about it 
because they got a call at three in the morning uh, because the system went down and they got to keep the computer chip plant going, right? And so, okay, I show up. First thing I'm going to do is touch and smell and listen. And then you put your digital tools on and then you get the data. Now, of course, many of these systems already have data acquisition. And so you can access it in that regard. While all of us kids around the planet here, I think we're going to keep using all our senses in the, certainly in this job, in this, in the technical trades. About a month ago, my RV got hit by lightning. Oh, and, um, boy. It, it, cooked, it cooked a bunch of stuff. And so I'm out there with the mobile service tech who, who has turned out to be just a really great guy. Cool. And the company. Um, but so we were, we were troubleshooting the electrical system. And it took two of us because it's a 40-foot long piece of equipment. And... It was amazing to me that after we used our digital gauges and our, our digital meters and everything digital, when when uh, Todd opened the junction box, which housed a power relay, you can um, smell it. the first thing that he and I both looked at each other and said, that relay is burnt <laughs> because you could smell it. Right. <laughs> And, you know, to your point of, of walking up to a piece of equipment, whether it's a computer in a data room or whether it's an air conditioning uh, piece of equipment on the roof of a building, you do use your, your sense of smell and your hearing. You know, you can hear when a bearing changes pitch. And there's a really cool company right now that, that I've partnered with on some trial basis, doing some fun stuff with called Discovery Sound Technology. And uh, what what those guys do, Brett Shaw is the guy that runs that company. And they take digital uh, um, sound waves, for lack of a better word, they listen to noises that the equipment makes. And you can baseline that equipment. Like if you start up a fan motor today, brand new, it, it looks like, you know, this on a oscilloscope electrically, but it's got a sound uh, profile as well. Yep. And what these guys are doing is making uh, sound a way of predictive maintenance, just like we do with meters and vibration analysis and what have you. Yep. So it's really cool that we're using an, an enhanced version of our ear as a predictive tool. So I, I, and what that means to me, Bill, is the, the people that are so critical to our trades into our life. Um, I, I just can't help but think of how much, you know, for lack of a better word, fun that their careers are going to be because of these enhanced tools. Um, oh. It's just really, really a great time to be in, the training world uh, with young people. And I'm so excited for them because there, there's so many people that are, you, you said somebody was on fire while, Oh, uh, Mindy was on fire. There's a lot of young folks that are on fire about what we're doing uh, in the skilled trades world that don't even know half the fun stuff awaiting them yet. Oh yes. It's that's the beauty, you know, in our business, 
that's the real fun of uh, we all are learning every day something new. And then we work with young people that are are learning. It, it's just a it's, it's a great thing. You know, you never stop learning. Well, if you do, you just stopped, period. So that's um, exactly that's not a good it. Thing. Yep. Not good. No. So, Gabby, I'm, I'm interested in your take on this. And, and Bill, Gabby is our resident 20 uh, something who who helps me understand uh, how different things affect younger generations. Gabby, how do you think that people that are learning or, or have an inclination to learn about air conditioning or about electrical or plumbing, how do you tie in your world, which is a lot of, of uh, electronic-based learning, how do you tie that into a physical, using a, a digital meter to read electrical voltage? How, how does that work in your brain? How You've got younger sisters, and I'm trying to recruit them to be air conditioning technicians, <laughs> as you know. How does that affect you or how how does that land on your ears? That's, that's a good question. Um, I think for me personally, when kind of thinking about that, I think that um, as far as electronics go, they all have their own. I mean, obviously they're all made up of different parts. They all have different jobs. Um, but I think like component wise, um, when you have a really good understanding of electronics of the digital world, um, it makes it a lot easier to learn a new piece. Um, and so I think because of that, it's one of those things where for me and probably a lot of other people in my generation, moving things in the world, whether it's in the HVAC industry or really in any industry, um, having more digitalized electronic type um, tools that are being used, it's just, I feel like comprehension wise and um, like utilization wise, it kind of clicks better because it's it's a process that we're familiar with, even if it's yeah. a different device and it's something that we've never seen before, it's still, we can relate it back to, oh, this is, this is digital. This does this. This is similar to, you know, my phone doing this or something along those lines, because that is the product and the lifestyle type that we're used to working with and we're familiar with. So I think, honestly, I think it makes it, it's almost more comforting to know that there's like a level of familiarity, even if it is something that's new, it's a tool that's new. Um, I think just the fact that basic component wise, it can be broken down to an electronic device um, it, there is a level of familiarity in it that is intriguing when it comes to me and then my generation. So being digitally native, it, it's just a natural flow to go into a learning environment that, that's supported that way. That, yeah. that makes sense. You know, what, 
what I think about a lot is um, how many, you know, we, we, in fact, this morning, you and I talked about the different generations that we all work with and um, having, having such a, a wide uh, age range within the workforce is, is pretty exciting because, you know, like, Bill and I are not young, but yeah, right. we're both still very, one of us is younger than the other one, but I won't tell you who's who. That's um, easy. <laughs> Greg is a <laughs> young man compared to me. <laughs> but, but we're both still very, you know, uh, in tune with technology and we want to push that technical envelope and yet there's 40 year olds who don't give a darn about anything digital. Um, so my concern, and, and it's more of a personal level uh, for them is let's just say theoretically, they've got 28 more years to work. If you're 40 years old or whatever, their magic number is to get out, but you can't, you can't escape it and be at the top of your game if you're not embracing technology right now in darn near any field, not just our field. Oh, every field. So I'm everyone. So, you know, Bill, I think about and I, I know some of these people, you know, um, not just work people, but just in general life people. Um, I just don't understand the hesitancy uh, because there's so many ways to learn right now. Um, most everybody seems to be able to do Facebooks. And if you can do Facebook, you can do YouTube and you can learn. <laughs> oh boy. Um, oh boy. So I, I don't get and and I'm not casting stones. I simply don't understand why a human would choose not to want to get better at their craft, even if their craft is temporary. Maybe they're doing this to get through, you know. A, a bad situation in their personal life or whatever. I don't understand how you can not embrace technology to help you advance your career or your place in life. So yeah, um, I, I know that's a rhetorical question that, that won't be answered here today, but. Um, One of the main things we need to do to bring those folks on board is make it less complicated, make it simple flow. If you looked at technology from when I started to now, it's been incredible how, how they have made it much more intuitive to the way a human brain works. And uh, you'll always get the people who are, what do they call them, uh, Luddites? There's a, there's a word for people who don't want to learn. Uh, There'll, there'll be always those people. We can't do anything about it. But the ones that we can spark and uh, get them excited, those are the ones that we can really, and there's many of them, right? Most people are like that. Most people want to get to work. They want to do something meaningful. You know, uh, the money, when, when you look at what's important for a job, Money is important, but it's not the top. So you, you've got to have that culture of uh, in an organization, at least my experience, is that you've got to make it so people 
most of the time want to show up for work because it's they enjoy it. They're learning. They're they're uh, they see themselves as progressing. So, yeah, you know, Bill, I, I've quoted this a couple of times now. That that book by Eberstadt uh, that that um, Mike Rowe introduced us to on a on a podcast that he and uh, Dave Ramsey did together on on the the big glut of men of working age that have chosen not to work <laughs> right now, like somewhere between 11 and 14 million working age men that have decided not to work. They're not showing the un, uh, they're not showing in the unemployment numbers. They're showing the job participation, job participation rate number, which our government uh, forgets to report uh, because they want to drive the, the numbers in the right way of unemployment. Right. But there's 11 to 14, you know, has a lot of people to be in the, in the fudge factor, but how do we engage people that have chosen to sit on the sideline and not have a job? Uh, how do you engage a crowd like that to get excited about anything? Uh, but especially something that we could help train them for educate them where they could have a, a longer career, a more enjoyable career. And the book he talks about, it, uh, Eberstadt talks about, they want three things. Most people, uh, they want a decent salary. As you said, it's not the number one thing, but they want, a, they want a job with decent salary, decent benefits. And the two other big things are they want to work for a good boss. Uh, they're not concerned with that boss being younger or of a different uh, gender and they want to do meaningful work right you know those are the three things and i just i wish we could expose more people to understanding that what we do is so damn cool um that you know just think about electrical or think about mechanical there's so many different veins that you can go into in those jobs if you're a of a, a person who wants to excel, you, you can just, there, there's a million different ways to go. And I just wish we could communicate that better. You know, when, when every, when we all grow up in our lives, you know, some of us have had the benefit of encouragement and, uh, and somebody to show us the way a lot of folks and probably a good many of those folks in that 15 million mark never did. And they were shut down early. And um, if you can figure out a way of, of getting them to understand that, hey, there, there is a, a, a group of people who enjoy what they do and they're very supportive and you can join that cadre uh, of people that that uh, do some cool things and have made a wonderful life for themselves. So, uh, yep. uh, you know, it's easy to say, hard to do, right? We, we, uh, we're working with a, a company, uh, quite a few companies where, where we're, we're putting together some trailers. We will be, and they, there have been where those trailers, then they go into to, um, you know, urban centers and places where people don't have 
any of that. And you and and they're starting to show them a path. And that's one way that um, we see uh, some, you know, becoming very effective. And um, that's just one example of what we've seen and how that's changing a bit. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's just so many people who never had the exposure. So the more we can get that going out there and people can see, oh, I can do that, the better. And and there's there's some groups that are doing a good job of it, and, and uh, we're we're certainly supporting them. Uh, so. It's a it's an interesting conundrum for sure. This society that we live in wants quick answers for a lot of stuff. Yeah, and this this is not a quickly solved uh, problem. Oh. This is a, a generational problem, and um, but it's you know people all I get this question a lot. Well, how how do you solve the skilled trades problem? And it's one darn person at a time. And it's one person like Bill, one person like Lori, one person like Greg, or one person like Gabby that knows somebody that's looking for something. Yes. They don't know what yet, but you can guide them toward looking into a career. And I think if if more people exposed and made aware these opportunities for people who are searching and we all know them, you know, it's the kid at church, it's the crazy cousin, it's whatever. We all have those people who don't know exactly what they want to do. They're smart. They're, they're hardworking. They're, they're a lot of great things, but they're underexposed to what lies out there in wait uh, for them because they don't have a four year degree. Some people feel like they can't do squat. Well, there's a whole lot more squat getting done nowadays without a degree, and people are understanding that more and more and more. But it is hand-to-hand guerrilla combat. Well, here you're going to like this latest concept I've come up with, and and I'm sure other you know the minute any one person has an idea on the planet, usually a hundred have that same idea at the same time. It's unbelievable. Right. So. I, you know, the four-year degree, right? When I was going to high school, the guidance counselor pointed me to a four-year degree. And if I wanted to go to a technical school, then I was on the short bus, wasn't I? I was a, I was a lesser. That's where you didn't want to send the smart people there. But, of course, we all know the smartest people are there. So um, I've been talking to a local university here, and I've been – I wrote up a paper, I'll share it with you, uh, whereby we blend, now get this, it's the, um, the uh, oh, the a term of, of, a, of a school, liberal arts, okay? You think of liberal arts and you think, oh my God, that is the antithesis of the trades, isn't it? But in fact, the trades need that which the liberal arts can bring and vice versa. So my idea is, and I've talked to a university, we're gonna have a meeting here in a couple of weeks, whereby we create a we create a, a, a type of school, an offshoot, where they learn the liberal arts, which, which are 
accounting, business management, math, marketing, okay? And they, the students who go to this program are, are going to want to be business owners and or executives, okay? So the idea is they get the liberal arts education at the same time they're getting the educational education of the technical trades. And literally the same people in the morning do one and then they go in the afternoon and do the other. And, and no, I love that. It, it's time now. And uh, again, the liberal arts have a lot to bring. The technical trades have a lot to bring. And by doing this, uh, number one, I believe we can reduce the cost of the liberal arts because the student will, will do some internships where they're making 20 bucks an hour, right? At, at local yeah. businesses where they actually need people. So, and, and I think that combined um, knowledge will go a long way. And then you can't say you're either this or you're that. You're a complete individual. All right. So back to great people have great ideas at the same time. Um, so uh, there's a young man in in Phoenix owns a company called Windy City Equipment. His name's Josh Zolan. Okay. He's an author of a book called Blue is the New White. Uh, check him cool. out, everybody. Go, go see Josh over there. But Josh is doing something right now that I find very interesting. He's soliciting feedback from a lot of people in the trades about what else they need. Is that understanding accounting better? Is that yes. understanding profit? Yes. Is it understanding HR? Is it understanding marketing? And the very simple uh, evaluation that, that he's offering people to fill out. But I cannot wait to see the results of that uh, of that study to see if what I think is going to be true is true. And I equate it back when I went to a, a college at night to learn accounting. Exactly. Um, I, I wasn't going for a degree. I really wasn't because I knew I didn't have the, the core curriculum, but I needed to understand accounting at a level to where I could, first of all, be a project manager and understand my, my projects that I was selling and managing for another company. But then to move into a business ownership role, I had to know the basics of financial accounting. And um, I, didn't, I didn't have to have a degree. I just needed to learn. Exactly. And that to me is what you're describing, but in a more accredited way. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, we get a university, it's a local university we're talking to uh, near us. And uh, we don't, I've, I've talked with some, some of the uh, people who have vision over there and they're putting together the meeting with the, you know, with the president and, and all the deans and uh, that to me, will create a totally new reality for both sides. And, and you know, you want to be a business owner? You want to be an executive? 
then then this is the path. And you you know again, who doesn't think that marketing for an HVAC contractor is important? You know, it's like, are you kidding me? And just as you said, you must understand the financial sheet. So uh, hospitality, HVAC, think of that. So there's two ski areas in our town. They're big ski areas. Well, one of them is a big one. And and we're, we're thinking of doing a hospitality course. But wouldn't they like to know and understand the basics of HVAC? How does it work? Because think about how many vapor cycles are in that. So... Well, think about the number one complaint of businesses or any hotel is human comfort. And you've got to have a basic understanding of human comfort conditioning if you're going to run a hotel and ski resort. Oh, buddy. So. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about hospitality, HVAC, beer making. I mean, Think about it. All that stuff. That, well, isn't all about the same? Yeah. It's all the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Bill, I look forward to you keeping us tuned in on, on that. We're, we're running up on our time here, so I want to I start putting a bow on this. You but, bet. Man, there, there's, I know that we could, and we do talk often about this stuff, but I know we could go for another two hours here, but um, – in, in respect of you and your appointment and, and Gabby always has a hot day to lunchtime. Always. We're, always <laughs> trying to, we're always trying to watch the clock. But, uh, I just want to say thank you for taking time and, and uh, sharing a little bit of your vision, a little bit of your history and kind of where you're going with uh, your whole program. Uh, you know, North Park uh, has such a wide and deep breadth of training. And so where, where would people go to find out more about what you talk about and what you believe in so heartedly? What, what's the best website to find you? Well, iConnect Training is, is the one. iConnect Training. Yep. So it's I-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G.com. And then... The other one is marcraft.com. That's M-A-R-C-R-A-F-T.com. And that's where we have the green energy and we have the cybersecurity. We didn't talk much about cybersecurity and HVAC, but that's coming on strong. That everybody, everybody needs to have a little piece of that understanding. So absolutely right. Yeah. Um, that's something that we're working on at, at our shop. So maybe we can talk about that phase two. There you go. Um, yeah. Know from there. But, well, thank you so much, Bill. Uh, Gabby, you want to take us to the house? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Bill, again, for joining us. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. For more episodes like this, make sure to go to Apple or Spotify podcasts and subscribe. And don't forget to check out gregcrumpton.com for all of your Greg Crumpton content. Come on.